podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Burning Questions podcast here on Fancy Football Scout. Today, we haven't potted since game week 15, am I right? Oh, game week 14. So we've missed two game weeks because um, there was that midweek round of fixtures. So lots to get through in today's episode and nice to have Andy with me today. How are you doing? Good, my friend. Dude, what are you talking about? We we potted last week. Oh, was it? No, that was mid- yeah. But we had <laughs> we had midweek and then we had weekend, so we didn't pod after the oh, midweek round of fixtures. That's right. That's right. Oh, good point. Good point. But yeah, good to see you, my friend. Uh, actually, lots of chaos. Lots yeah. to talk about. Um, you know, it is a Monday stream, so we're just kind of recollecting our thoughts and initial thinking after what's happened this weekend. So. Yeah, it was an exciting weekend to say the least. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, good. It feels like when we spoke two weeks ago, that, um, or a week ago, two game weeks ago, that there wasn't that much two new stuff ago. to talk about. And now it feels like there's so much suddenly to talk about, um, which is good. Makes for a good Monday episode of uh, of uh, Burning Questions. If someone in the chat, as always, could just give us a little thumbs up, both on the stream, um, but also just let us know that the sound and everything is working fine. So in today's episode, we're going to focus particularly around two key players being Kieran Trippier and um, Erling Haaland, of course, uh, but mainly looking up forwards and defenders. And then with a little bit of a spotlight on game week 18, with the injuries to Erling Haaland potentially and Brian and Bumo, the free hit game week 18 looks much less needed, much less likely for a lot of people, but we're still touching it as we said we would in this episode. So diving in, Let's have a look at how we both got on in game week 16. Scores are up on screen. 59 points each. Uh, not exactly the same. The couple of differences. I played uh, Simicast where you played Saliba. And then I played Watkins where you played Darwin. But pretty good game weeks for both of us, right? Green arrows uh, for both of us up to just outside the top 200k. This is the highest I've been so far this season. So... Fingers crossed I can keep going, but then an Erling Haaland injury doesn't necessarily make that the easiest. Yeah, it's all about perspective, right? So it feels like the last few weeks, because a lot of us have these template picks, even if you're playing a little outside the box, let's say, Harry, Mm -hmm. uh, and less template, you still have seven or eight very template players, right? That's just a fact. So it's hard to really gain a lot. It's hard to also, like, get colossal loss unless you're like betting against Holland Mm -hmm. this and that so I just feel like we're on the right pace like 200k 500k 800k even just under 1 million it's still okay um the the chaos is about to emerge yeah Sun Salah about to go away Holland injury who knows what's going to happen hopefully the chips fall into your favor um, and then we talk about how value is not going to be very important from let's say 21 to 24 when they're gone well, what do we do when they come back? And mm-hmm. then value becomes very important as well. So lots of the season left to play. Anything can happen for me here on out. And I think it's going to be a special season. I feel like it's going to be a very, very different season than what we're accustomed to. So yeah, exciting times. Yeah, I think first of all, Harry, let's just touch on all the stuff that's happened over the weekend because there's a lot of things happening. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to kind of go ahead and, and go through one one by one. Yeah, of course. So a few like key players picking up their fifth yellow card. So Bruno Fernandes and Kieran Trippier being two of the more highly owned ones. But also we have Charlie Taylor getting his fifth yellow card and Branthwaite as well, right? So two of the most 
highly owned cheap defenders in the game also now being suspended for uh, game week 17, which is bad, but also not the worst because it means they're definitely going to be available for the blank game week. You'd rather them be suspended this week probably than in the blank when we're already maybe a little bit short of players. So yeah, not the end of the world there, but if you have a collective few of them, Reese James went off injured um, and then Erling Haaland, of course, not featuring. And then Son, who was a big doubt, did start and of course got that very big return, which I know you were very happy to see. Although you didn't quite trust him with the vice captaincy armband this week. Oh, you're going there. Okay, let's remind the chat about uh, a special someone named Harry, FPL Harry, by the way, that was considering selling Son for Saka. I mean, at the time it was for good reason, but uh, yeah, look how happy you are. Yeah. You know, two weeks ago, you almost sold him had it not been for... It was like some injury, right? Where you yeah. forced you were you're forced to keep him. So Yeah. Yeah, welcome to welcome to the Sun fandom, my friend. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not going anywhere ever, apart from maybe when he <laughs> leaves for the Asia Cup and then I'll buy him back as the moment he steps foot back in the country. Um if it was like I'm really at the point now, um, just watching Spurs play, watching Liverpool play, and City as well, that it will take a lot outside of like Asia Cup and the African Cup of Nations mm. for me not to have Haaland, Salasson in my team. Um, I just don't see myself wanting to get rid of any three of them. They are the most explosive yeah. and the most consistent players in FPL at the moment. As we saw again this week from both Salah and Son, Haaland, of course, missing out, which we'll go into. Probably we'll just do first. We'll talk about what we plan on doing with him. Um but yeah, yeah, actually, it's weird to see that myself get a green arrow when nine of my 11 players blanked. I literally got yeah, no returns yeah. apart from the vice captaincy going on to Mo Salah and then Son as well. Literally everyone else got ones and twos. The fact that gives, you know, that puts me on a green arrow and not a, quite a big one as well. So I went from 295k to 207k exactly, which I have to say is quite satisfying um, to have an exact <laughs> rank for once. But yeah, like for that to happen just shows what a like awful game week it was. Um, you know, if it wasn't for those two, this game would be going down as an awful game week once again, right? So yeah, feels a very strange season of FPL. Feels very, very strange. Like it's just injury after injury. Every single week I mm. seem to be making a transfer because I've got someone injured. If I look back at my previous weeks, right? So last week I sold Mbumo because he got injured. The week before I sold uh, one of my... Def and yeah, I sold like Diaby in cash because they were going to get dropped. Like the week before that, yeah, like I sold Bowen because he was injured. Like people sold Watkins because he was injured. It feels like every single week that's all that's happening at the moment, which makes it difficult, but it means we've got to be reactive. Yeah, yeah. I think you touched on a, a few good points about how all the points came from essentially two or three main players, Salah, Sun uh, included. And um, it's also sort of speaks to what the league state is at right now. I mean, the fact that Man City's fourth, right? And mm. yes, Liverpool are first in the league, but and it's for good reason. Congratulations, Liverpool fans. But it's a little bit of an awkward first in the league in the sense that it's not like their gameplay is absolutely dominant, right? No. Like Aston Villa is the only team in the top five that I see as being like, you know, deservedly there. Plus their gameplay is really good. Whereas Liverpool, you look at Diaz and Dunez, mm. there's something wrong with that attack. It's just not clicking at all. But yet Salah continues to deliver. 
right? Tottenham, the same thing. They're a mixed bag of results right now. Hence, there's a, uh, you know, granted, there's a lot of injuries, but still, you can see these hauls coming from Sun. You can see these hauls coming from, from Salah. So, yeah, those three are no doubt in my mind have to be in your teams because of the hall potential. Um, but very exciting times in the league. Mm. I, we really have a race to the finish uh, this season, I believe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let me know. Let us know in the chat. Did you get any points from anyone that wasn't Salah or Son? So Jamie got Trent getting two bonus points for doing, you know, nothing in terms of FPL returns. Yunus had Leno in goal. Like, if you had a separate return that wasn't Salah or Son and you owned those two as well, like, you would have absolutely flown up the rankings this week. That's how, yeah, difficult it was. Difficult it was this week. Yeah. Not much to write, yeah, write home about. I have to say, like, I won't go on about it. Um, don't want to annoy anyone, but I was quite pleased to see that Trippier yellow card let into that game. He's a player that I've wanted to buy week after week. And for one week now, he will probably drop in price. I'll get a guaranteed start from Livermento and then I'll probably buy him going into game week 18. So, yeah. Happy to see it, but it just means that he's definitely coming in either game week 18 or game week 19 for me now. Um, nice. Cool. So what we'll actually do first is we'll, we'll start with Haaland and then we've got a few other things to talk about like defenders and game week 18 free hit. So what I'm going to do is actually put up our teams for next week on screen first. And um, so our teams are, are pretty similar. I suppose I have Watkins and you have Darwin and then defensively, it's pretty similar. I have Simicast in this graphic and you have Saliba. However, I have conf I confirmed a transfer last night. I only have one free transfer, so I have taken a bit of a risk and I sold cash for Pedro Porro. Mm -hmm. So I now have zero free transfers and I still have Erling Haaland in my team. You have one free transfer, I think. And then... Yeah, one free transfer. And then, of course, Erling Haaland. But I would mm -hmm. probably say... Like my bench is maybe slightly better if Haaland doesn't play. Like Simicast is now my first sub. And if I had to play him, that would be all right. Whereas you have Gahey and Archer, which maybe not be quite as ideal. So talk me through your thinking on, on Haaland at the moment. And then we can put sort of both sides of the argument. Yeah. So this is first topic is about Holland, obviously a hot topic right now. But just, just before we touch on that, I see a lot of comments um, or potential comments in the chat saying, you know, we have very similar teams or almost ident identical in, in many aspects. But like we just I just would like to remind you guys, like the way we got to this point is very different, like mm. throughout the entire season. And there's just periods throughout the season where there's obvious picks that everyone goes for. And like the blanks coming up, you know, there was like obvious like fixture changes and in, in, you know, getting Palmer in and Boema getting injured. Now Holland's injured, so everyone's going to be jumping on Solanke or, or getting back walk-ins. Poro is an outstanding option. It's it's just there in our faces, right? So sometimes these things happen, um, and then hopefully we can diversify as the season mm -hmm. goes. But it's not like we copy each other, right? It's like every decision we make is for, for good reason, and it's just really like tiring to see these comments. So I hope you can understand where I'm coming from, but... Uh, yeah, sorry. On, it's all good. The, yeah, to be fair, like, to say. it mm -hmm. is, as I said at the beginning, like with the injuries and stuff, it just feels like some of the transfers are forced and naturally like podding together. We will, mm. you know, like we'll, we'll talk about a player like Livramento, for example, and then we'll naturally often come to a similar conclusion because we've spoken to each other about it. Um, but yeah, mm. there are a couple of big differences, I suppose, Darwin versus Watkins. You've got double Arsenal defence. 
you managed to get off cash way before I did. And actually, I look at like Christmas and January, particularly what's happening with Haaland and then with Salah and Son going to the African Cup of Nations and Asia Cup and think there's going to be a lot of differences um, in terms sure. of our teams. But yeah, talk me through your plans for Haaland. Yeah, so let's touch on a couple of things. Obviously, Holland didn't play. Um, and in the first press conference, I believe it's Pep said it sounded like Holland. Uh, sorry, what he said was Guardiola said Holland injury is a stress, not a fracture, and hopes he can be fit for Saudi Arabia. And then there was more that came out where he said the day after Villa, he could almost not walk properly. Yesterday, I spoke to him saying, I feel much better. I can walk. I have no pain. That's why we have to assess day to day. So essentially, this means nothing, right? Like, we just do not actually know when he's coming come back because who knows? What if he's like rested this midweek fixture? I believe it's Champions League this week uh, yeah. or or FA Cup. Yeah, Champions and then, League, and then you know, they, you know they're League, qualified yeah. top of their group. So even if he was fully fit, like I wouldn't expect him to play anyway. So apart from the press conference, the lineup on Wednesday when they play is going to tell us absolutely nothing. Because he Correct. wouldn't be in it anyway. Yeah. So we'll be looking out for, you know, training pictures. We'll be, we'll be looking out for any news or signs that he might be playing this week weekend. So mm. maybe he even potentially comes back for Crystal Palace. That's that's how little, like, for sure information that we have about yeah. Holland's situation. Um, so there's a so there's a couple of things. I think we should present both, like, why we should get off him and why we should stick with him. And it's also very team-dependent, right? Because... Um, some people might have more issues to take care of. Some people might have less fires to take care of. So right now, initially, I'm thinking a hold is not bad, right? But um, actually, talk me through what you're thinking first before before I say my stuff. Yeah, cool. So I've already made one transfer. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I know that if I sell Harlan, I'm going to want him back in game week 19 or, or game week 20. When it first happened, my initial reaction was, right, if he's out for Palace, I'll sell him because he blanks in game week 18 and I'll go and buy someone like Solanke. However, I then look at it and think, well, I'm going to I'm gonna sell him going into game week 17 then. I'm going to buy him back probably going into game week 19. So that's two transfers. And I looked at my team and thought, that means between now and game week 20, I would only have one free transfer if I didn't take a hit, right? And the chances mm -hmm. are I would need at least one free transfer between them. Then that means I wouldn't be buying Poro. I wouldn't, you know, have a chance to go and buy Trippier until like game week 20, unless I was going to take a hit. So it almost guarantees that it's going to be at least a minus four, but it's basically two transfers, which I know I'd want on something else. So in my mind, it's a minus eight, right? To go and sell him and to go and buy him back because I know mm -hmm. I want to do other things. If your team is set up perfectly, then you may look at it a bit differently, but still over Christmas, for me, it was a minus eight. Like I will be taking more hits if I sell him and I go and buy him back. So then I look and I think, right, the player I would buy in my position is Slanky. I'm a big fan of Slanky. I've spoken about him before. I haven't had space for him in my team. And now this would be the opportunity to go and get him. However, the players that I would play in his place if I wanted to go and play Solanke is, um, sorry, G saying muted, no audio. There's definitely audio. I think you might need to refresh the stream. Um, is Simicast this week at home to Manchester United. And then I'd already planned for him not to be there next weekend, like in 18. Mm -hmm. I already knew that was going to be the plan. So it's Archer, right? Do I think that Simicast at home to Man United and Archer away at Villa is worth 
playing over having what's going on it's fine it's fine it's fine there's okay. definitely audio okay. there's definitely audio um or do i think solanke is better for those two fixtures uh i think you're frozen harry weird sound is fine video is frozen let me mm. let me turn my camera off and back on again don't know what on earth just happened there We can keep talking. I'll just fiddle around yeah. with it, but I'll be back in a minute with the camera. Yeah, I think you're frozen. Cool. You talk us through what you plan on doing and then I'll fix this. Okay. Yeah, so I think Harry makes a good point about um, you know, transfers because you have to sell them and buy them back. Same thing with the walk-ins to Darwin. It's not even the points lost that I had. It's the fact that I have to transfer him back in. And so it's basically two transfers wasted, right? So yeah, we're looking at game week 7 three through 20. Because 21 is when Salah and Son go. They play up to 20 and they go in 21. So we, we would ideally bring Holland back if he's fit for 21. By the way, there is a two-week break, international break, I believe, from game weeks 20 to 21. So mm -hmm. likelihood is worst case scenario, he'll likely be back for 22, right? Yeah. So then we have um, game week 17, Crystal Palace, which it sounds like he might be missing. But again, we don't know for sure. And then 18, he blanks. And then he's got 19, 20, Everton and Sheffield United. So those are two fixtures that you want Holland for. One thing I would like to say is that the game week 19, Everton is not as easy of a fixture as it seems on paper. Like Everton have been getting in clean sheets and they're actually in a very good um, XGC percentile in the league so far this season, surprisingly, right? Uh, you're right, Harry? I'm fiddling around, but yeah, I keep going. I don't quite know what's happened. My camera seems to have broken uh, live on stream. So that's, that's always good. Um, but yeah, you keep going. I'll keep pressing buttons. Just what you need. <laughs> I mean, I could, do it, I could do it like this, but I have to hold my phone. Um, so until then, let me put my phone up. And then uh, once I get it all fixed, then I'll go back to my original camera. But there we go. I'm back. I'm back. I'm not back on your screen, but I'm back on the stream. <laughs> there you go. You can have So you're on your well. phone now. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay, so where was I? Yeah, so it's we're looking at basically three game weeks because he does blank in 18, right? Yeah. Um, so those, those I, I think it's okay to go against him in those three game weeks. Granted, like, there's also this thing, right? Even if you get rid of him and you have all the funds in the world, we mm -hmm. have such limited transfers. It's, it's, not, it's not like you're going to get, like, five extra, like, amazing players by selling him. You're essentially getting Solanke, and maybe you can upgrade elsewhere to Trippier. Um, and then you can buy Holland back because Sun and Salah are gone from 21 yeah. to 24. And then you can figure it out how to bring Salah and Sun back between 21 to 24. So yeah. I don't think it's like the hardest thing in the world to, you know, bring everyone back and bring Holland back eventually. Mm -hmm. But it's not like the funds are being utilized properly because of the limited amount of transfers. Yeah. Plus, like, who do you actually go for, right? The obvious picks are Poro, Watkins. Solanke, if you don't have him, and then Trippier is affordable because now you're selling Holland. That's about it, I think, right? So, so there's that, and then also just, uh, just 
having him, if he does come back for, let's say, 19, mm -hmm. is going to be a huge relief if you just hold on to him. Whereas if you let, let him go then, it's definitely a little bit of a panic mode in game mix 19 and 20 as well. So that's kind of my initial thinking here. There's no right answer because we just don't know like how long he's actually gone for. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where I'm at with this Holland situation personally. Yeah, I'm the same that I think I'll end up holding on to him. But let's talk about the options if people do want to sell him, right? A lot of people will be, you know, looking at uh, moving him off. Is, is it as, as obvious as it's Watkins if you don't own him and then it's Solanke if you own Watkins? I, are there any other options that you have a look at? So what I've got up on screen now is the fixture ticker for the next two game weeks. And then we've got on the right hand side minutes per XGI um, so far this season for a lot of the like nailed forwards who we are expecting to to have back in our team or so we're expecting to start most weeks. So the fixture ticker has Newcastle at the top. So, you know, Isaac and Wilson, the only issue with them is, of course, Wilson is back. So you don't know Isaac or Wilson are going to start both of them. Bournemouth have Luton and Forest, which is why a lot of the people will be looking there. We have Aston Villa a, a long way down, to be fair, because one of them's Brentford away, which is a little bit more difficult. Sheffield United at home, though, is a great fixture for them. And you get Ollie Watkins back. And then the other one is Fulham. Jimenez goes away to Newcastle and has Burnley at home. For me, those are the top five options that I would be looking at if I was trying to bring, um, if I was going to be selling Haaland this week. Is there anyone else that you would you would be considering outside of those three? Yeah, can you uh, name it again one more time? So Watkins, Solanke and Jimenez of Fulham. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So good points. Um, yeah. Jimenez maybe, but it, it definitely the standouts are like by far walk-ins, but there is the opportunity that if you let go of walk-ins, you could go Solanke first. If you for sure decide to sell Holland in game week 18 mm -hmm. and go for walk-ins in game week 18. Right. So yeah. like you could do that. You could go for Solanke this week. If you decide to either hold on to Holland or you just downgrade Holland straight to Solanke and then go to walk-ins in 18. Um, and I think if you're going to sell Holland, you should definitely go for a guy like Solanke because they have three amazing fixtures and you're trying to milk as much out of 17 through 19 or 20 whenever you don't have him as much as possible. You need you need that upside, right? The reverse argument to like hold, like selling Holland, why it's also viable is let's say he's actually, we, we just don't know and he's actually out for four game weeks, five game weeks after the international break, he comes back 21 or yeah. he comes back in 19 and 20 plays like one or two games between 19 and 20. Yeah. Um, are, are you able to afford that much money on the bench in Holland? And are you able to have a, my, my bench is Archer Taylor yeah. and, you know, Gehi for crying out loud. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's not like I, I have a good price point player or good player to cover for him during that time. So I think you need to chase a little bit um, yeah. if you do get rid of him is my initial thinking. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree with you that if he, if we knew he was out longer term, then, then we would definitely do it. But I just don't feel like we're at that stage right now. If we get an update closer to the deadline, then great. But I don't think we're going to get that. There are a few other names in the chat that are worth talking about. So the first one being Cunha. He's been very consistent. He's been very good. But... If I'm selling Haaland and it's part of a minus eight, for me, I want an explosive player. I want a player that I think can get three or four returns, possibly. Like, I don't, not expecting Solanke to do that. 
but it's possible that he gets three or four returns over the next few weeks, right? That is a possibility for Solanke. It's a possibility for Watkins. I don't see that when I look at Cunha. The other thing is, yeah. if I'm selling Haaland because I know he's, or I don't think he's going to play the next two games, is I want to be buying a player that I do know will play the next two games, right? So yeah, the exactly. other two people that people are talking about in the chat are um, Nicholas Jackson of Chelsea, who was on the bench at the weekend. And then the other one is uh, Ferguson of Brighton. So for me, I have too much concerns about their minutes and I don't see the explosivity with someone like uh, Cunha. That just given the fixtures for Solanke, I don't know why you'd pick one of them over him. Maybe it's because it's boring and that's fair enough. You want a differential. But just Luton and Forest just seem too good to go and do it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Cool. So... So we both plan on on holding, but if you were to sell, you I mean, I suppose in your situation, right? People No, with, no, no. I, I yeah, go ahead. Sorry, you plan on holding, right? I plan on holding for now. Yeah, like yeah. I just want to like I even if I lose value, it doesn't even matter if you lose value because if we end up getting news Thursday or Friday that he's out for a while, for example, everyone's going to sell him, right? So yeah. um I, I just think uh I just think holding onto him right now is important till at least Thursday or Friday and leave it as late as possible. Yeah. In order to find some more information. Yeah. Yeah. A couple things I want to touch on, Harry, uh, before we move on is, uh, it looks like some people are still having holding onto a wild card. My yeah. suggestion here is don't pull the trigger now. Like yeah. wait till the last minute possible, as in the last game week possible, which I believe is game week nineteen. Yeah. Uh, because you just don't have enough information right now and get over. The like dead end your team into the free hit, uh, not free hit. Dead end your team into game week eighteen, I believe. Yeah. Blank. Like do a good job in game week eighteen, and then and then pull your trigger in in game week nineteen. Like that's the advantage you have, and it's a very iffy advantage you have because in nineteen wild card you're going to want to hold on to Son and Salah in game weeks twenty and twenty one. Mm-hmm. But if you have Holland information by that time, at least you can deal with that issue yeah save the transfer in game week 20 and then get rid of both in 21 maybe take a hit even and you know get way ahead of the curve by the time you get to game 20 so my suggestion is there in terms of wild card i don't know if you agree yeah no i agree and actually mm-hmm. the Haaland injury gives people with their wild card in some ways a little bit more of an advantage because it makes mm-hmm. selling him a lot easier right you can go yeah. it's not a true, minus eight true. for you because you're selling him and you don't need to worry about your other transfers. Like I know that it's going to be a minus eight for me because I need defensive transfers because I need to set my team up for the future. But those of you still with a wild card, you can just get by with your defenders for the next few weeks. You can sell Haaland this week. It is a reasonable advantage if you do still have it. And then game week 19 comes around and you just you just buy him back if he's going to be available. Yeah. And if he's not going to be available, well, then you've sold him already and you, you're, you're in a pretty good position. So... Wildcard yeah. is, I it definitely don't think, unless you have, if you have like Haaland, you have Trippier, you have issues in your defence, then maybe you consider playing it this week. And that's team dependent. But if Haaland is your only issue, then it still doesn't change when you should be wildcarding. What is worth adding though, yeah. is the game week 20 double game week looks more and more less likely or less and Unlikely. less likely to happen, right? It. Mm-hmm. The likes of Ben Krellin, Planet FPL, James, they predict that it should have been announced two weeks ago or the week just gone at the very latest, right? The chances of it being announced now feel pretty low. It's not impossible because in theory, it could still be like a just under a month away, the game. But yeah, 
it's it's not impossible. A few of you asking about second wild card in game week 20 to bring him back. I still think I'd rather be taking minus fours, in theory a minus eight to get Harlem back over playing okay. the second wild card. Okay. So so let me just add a little substance to this, right? So uh the second wild card should not be played, I believe, mm-hmm. too early. Because Jed just the dad posting stuff makes the point that we'll be coming, you know, we'll have so much money after when the AFCON starts. But let me reverse that question for you. Like that value is going to be very important by the time they return, which is only in in game week 24, 25. That's like three or four game weeks. And then are you sure you're not going to want Sun and Salah back? Add to this, right? Add to this that like the doubles are starting to emerge. By the time, you know, game week 26 plus comes around, 29, I believe, is the FA Cup quarterfinals, right? So yeah. blanks and doubles are going to emerge. So you're going to want to hold on to your wild card until around that time. And maybe even if you can plan ahead and get by that per- tough period of navigating the schedule, later you can hold your wild card for game 36 and and huge double double game week in game 37, I believe. So mm-hmm. I, I just think that the gain should be made at the end of the season or 26 plus. Yeah. Hence right now, like you need to forget about your rank. Like you need to forget about what this, what our, my rank is right now and what your rank is, Harry, because I think this is hit season, like this period, right? From here till let's say game week 21 is you should not be afraid to take hits, but these hits are going to sort of define the next six, seven, eight game weeks. Uh, and so I, I always think that a hit should return within three or four game weeks. That's like the amount of time I give that player for bringing that player in for a hit, right? So mm. I'm not too afraid to make some hits for the next couple of game weeks and you're going to need it. I think that if you take less hits, you might be behind the pack even more than if you were to take a hit. Like if it took, I was considering taking a hit for Pedro Porro against Newcastle because not because of Newcastle, because I knew that he was a long-term hold. Yeah. But I, I told myself, let's just wait one more game week where he, they have a better fixture and bring him in. But if I bring him in earlier for a hit, it would have anyways paid off in the long yeah. run. So I think this period is going to take, it's okay to take a lot of hits. And so ranks should not affect your decision-making of, of whether you bring these players in. Yeah. I almost brought Poro in for a hit last week and I, uh, of course I wish I did because I would have played him over Gabriel and I'd only be, I'd be one point down with Poro in my team mm-hmm. already. So um, interesting, I have put a poll out in the in the chat, so do vote on it. If Haaland is out, what is the plan? 50% of people are saying that they do plan on selling Erling Haaland. So yeah, interesting to hear. It's probably Solanke, those of you without Watkins, um, Presumably, if it gets to the deadline and you do decide to sell, you'd go Watkins over Solanke because you don't have Watkins? I think I'd be tempted to go Solanke and then bring Watkins for 18, with the caveat being I would take a hit for Pedro Pro this week um, because okay. I, need, I need to upgrade the defense. The defense is awful right now. So I do need to make a defensive transfer or, mm. you know, I can forget about Solanke and, and actually I can't forget about Solanke because I have Holland, right? So mm. I could just do Holland to Watkins and, um, oh, I actually I'd probably have to take a hit um, this week no matter what. Mm. Sorry, I'm thinking about it as we're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, so. but I think yeah, a lot of people, like I, I've said it a few times, the amount of people who are going to take a hit between now and the end of the year is going to be very, very high. So you just have to decide which week. You know, you don't want to be taking one every week, but I can't see many people getting between now and the new year and not having taken a minus four at some point mm-hmm. based on the injuries that we've got. Um, The final thing to mention is, a few of you have mentioned it in the chat, is actually the third forward spot and doing something with that instead now 
it, it does leave you a little bit with a lot of money on the bench going forward. But like I could do Archer out and I could actually go and buy Semenyo of Bournemouth. That's something I've considered because I think Semenyo is a better option than Archer, but his minutes are not quite as secure. But then I know that he's got Luton and Forrest in his next two. And then when Haaland's back, I could just leave him on the bench. So a few of you looking at the likes of Cunha, the likes of Jimenez, in theory, that could be a third forward transfer. Then you keep Haaland and you just wait for him to be back. That is something I I have considered doing in my own team and doing Archer to Semenyo. It seems too much for a minus four now, though, given that I've already made my move. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. Cool. So that was um, Haaland. The next we're going to have a look at is defenders so um kieran trippier of course suspended this week i think it's safe to say um checkmate is asking in the chat if you had um Harl, if you had trippier you would hold him presumably now a lot of people are selling him he's one of the most sold players this week coming off the back of a minus one um and then that's insane a minus Crazy. one and being suspended but our advice is to keep him right yeah, the suspension sucks. I obviously I understand that, but I mean I'm looking to get him, right? He needs I'm a rest. To get him. Yeah. He needs a rest. That's yeah. true too. Uh but I also get the argument of trying to sell him. Like they they looks absolutely exhausted in the second half, Newcastle. Mm. So Yeah, they so did. There's, they, did. There's they haven't looked great. Argument. But um they are looking, you know, Wilson's back, Longstaff is back. At some point, we have no idea when, at some point, Botman's going to be back. It doesn't sound like Dan Byrne is a million miles away either as well. So just, I feel like Newcastle, the tiredness we see, he doesn't really have the option to rest that many players. Although Lewis Hall not getting a game when they look so tired is a strange one to me. Of course, he'll play next week. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, I would definitely be be holding on to, to Trippier if you, if you can. Well, but yeah. I will say this, right? I like let's not look too deep into this narrative of like Newcastle look tired, because it is a fact. I I get it, but they have Fulham, Luton, and Nottingham Forest next, and they can just come out of the gates and destroy any of these teams if they really want. Like mm -hmm. if if they are on their day, like that's how strong this team is. Let's not forget mm -hmm. that, right? Top four in the league. Yeah. Um, so I just don't think you should sway one way too much. Like I'm perfectly happy having Dubrovka, Livermento, and Gordon in my team for these upcoming fixtures. Like I feel yeah. pretty confident with it because they might not play great in all three fixtures, but I feel like they're going to come out and, and come swinging in at least one or two of these games, right? So, mm. yeah. So I would just try to balance that that narrative. Cool. So defenses so you have this chart that you wanted to have a look at on sort of volume of of chances conceded versus quality of chances conceded is there what what do we want to pull yeah. out from this yeah so i this is by fpl chase uh, on twitter definitely uh, the guy's amazing right uh, he has like rolling xg charts and he big football guy i've talked to him here and there like a big la liga guy i believe and um you know, just to talk about Chase a little bit, shout out Chase if you're listening. He, I believe, stopped playing FPL this season after a few seasons. Um, maybe it's a break, maybe it's a, it's burning out, but he still, you know, provides very good quality, you know, graphs and statistics. Mm -hmm. So this is just a good defensive quadrant of um, Team XGC versus volume, so shots conceded. So like weak defenses, basically, by 
showing like volume of shots shot against them as well as like you know how high that xgc was right so a couple things that stand out um, arsenal by far by far the best defense in the league according to uh, xgc plus volume uh, teams to target luton and sheffield really stand out you can see in the red two dots on the right top so they allow high volume and high quality chances as well and yeah just look at the middle area that middle area is like sort of i would say just the general public right so mm -hmm. uh, not not the best not the worst like just the mixed bag of of defensive coverages but over there there's everton um actually towards the bottom of xgc per shot so everton we have to change the perspective of how they're playing as a defense and they've got pickford has gone yeah. clean sheets ever since we sold the fraud and <laughs> and so yeah they're they're you know they're performing and they're annoying right but yeah you know maybe not the team to target anymore so uh, that's where there are. Man City, surprisingly, uh, don't offer a lot of shot volume, but they offer like big, big chances. And I think I see the reason why, because they attack so much and they yeah. get caught on the caught on the counter here and there. So uh, a good visualization, once again, of what teams are good uh, defensively mm -hmm. so far this season. Yeah, Arsenal, the one that real stands out for me there, right? They've been annoying from an FPL point of view over the past few weeks, but like they conceded, I think, 0. 5 xgc against luton and conceded three goals i know they i know conceded so 0. I... 0.5 against villa and conceded 0. 0.7 against wolves like they are statistically the best defense yeah. in the league but they haven't got yeah. the returns they are still holds exactly. for me that's appeal i hind makes a good point arsenal d not so good lately no that's not i don't believe that's true like that first clean sheet we got uh, i have double newcastle uh, arsenal defense 85th minute 85th minute by a, I believe Zinchenko error, if you remember yeah. that, right? Like, they're just a very good defensive team, and that's what we're betting on in FPL. Like, we're betting on these expect, expected stats as well as eye test, and you can tell they're, they're a good defensive team. It's just sometimes it doesn't work out the way it's supposed to work out. Mm -hmm. you, have double, you, you have double Arsenal defense. I think if you're in a position, anyone who's got one, I like I think that answers just yourselves. It's it's it feels like over management for me to sell single arsenal defense. But if you've got double, a few people asking about it, are you still happy on double? Are you thinking of I'm okay. Saliba to Poro? Yeah, I'm okay for now. It's a good question. I'm okay for now. The reason being is I don't need to transfer one of these guys for the money's sake. Like I could still get Poro through Gehi, for example. Mm. Um, I believe, yeah. Unless, unless it's uh, unless I'm trying to get walk-ins. So, yeah. Um, sorry, I haven't done the actual transfers, but I might be just short of that. So, in that case, then I have to get rid of a, a Arsenal defender to to get. But, but only if money oral. needed it, right? Don't if sell only them. money needed. Yeah, yeah. fine. If cool. money not needed, I would definitely keep. Mm. And now just the next one we want to have a look at is which my uh cool. So what I've got here is is two tables. The one on the left is total XG conceded, and then the one on the right is XG conceded over the past six game weeks. So you've got defenses this season on the left and then defenses recently on the right. So on the right, you are a little bit fixture dependent, which is why we have Spurs having conceded the most XG of any team over the past six weeks. But we look at some of the fixtures they have. Of course, they had that crazy Chelsea game in that run as well. It's not completely unrealistic that they are top of this fixture, this top of this table. 
it's slightly concerning as a Poro buyer, but I still like I look at the fixtures they've had over that run, and for me, that's a lot of the reason why they'll why they're at the top of that one, right? So they had they've had Newcastle, West Ham, Man City, Aston Villa, Wolves, and Chelsea in that run. They've been without Romero for a lot of it. They've been without Van de Ven for a lot of it. Of course, they've been without Madison in that run as well, right? So four of that yeah. XGC came against Chelsea as well, right? So you have to add caveats to um, that one on the right hand side, but what it still highlights to me is Arsenal right at the bottom, right? Still the best mm. defence. Recently, the best defence. Over the season, still the best defence. The other two teams that I want to pick out here, so we've spoken a little bit about Spurs, is Chelsea. So a lot of you are looking at Chelsea defenders, the likes mm-hmm. of Cole Will. Reese James, of course, going off with a hamstring injury. I'm glad I told you not to buy him a few weeks ago because it has gone... Horribly, yeah, horribly public service wrong. announcement. I would like to apologize for my Reese Reese James hype a couple couple pods ago. Um, yeah, my apologies. I'm glad I talked some right. sense into you. But over the past three weeks, <laughs> yes, the fixtures have been like not great. Uh, so Everton, United, Brighton, Newcastle, Man City, Spurs. Like it's not great, but they have conceded the third most XGC over that time. The fixtures coming up are good, right? Sheffield United, Wolves, Palace, Luton, Fulham over the next five. Like the fixtures are there. If you bought, if you were buying based on fixtures alone, you'd buy a Chelsea defender over anyone else in the league at the moment. But the eye test and the data, they fail considerably. Yeah, right? They fail, fail. considerably. Yeah. So for me, watching us at the weekend was enough and decides that I wouldn't do it. But is there any part of you that would still go there in the likes of Levi Colwell for 4.6 or something like that? Yeah, I mean, the fact that he got benched makes it a little bit more appealing because uh, he's essentially your fourth defender, I believe. Like, he wouldn't be your third defender. No. I mean, he could be. So if he's your fourth defender, you have that backup in that third defender. And you just play him for these next few fixtures. Sheffield, Wolves, Crystal Palace, Luton, Fulham. It's still very good fixtures, you know, and it's it's a bet worth taking if you just look at fixtures, as you mentioned, Harry, but they're shambolic, right? Like, thanks. yeah, I just don't trust Chelsea right now. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Sanchez also, we don't know quite the severity of that one because, of course, it happened and then he played on and then he went off later in the game. It's not great as a Chelsea fan that Sanchez is not there either. The reason I look at the likes of Colwell, of course, Reese James mm. got injured. Kukurea also went off injured. So, and Chilwell is also out. So right now, we only have one player who he doesn't mind playing at fullback, and that is Colwell. If Kukurea comes back, he still wants Kukurea at right back and Colwell at left back. So for me, if I was buying a Chelsea defender now, I, I'm not sure I'd bother with like Thiago Silva. He's probably going to play the most minutes, but with the other injuries, it would it would be Colwell at 46 but I just don't like, I just look at the fixtures and think Sheffield, like you can write a narrative that the fixtures look good, but you can also say Sheffield United look much, much better. Mm. Wolves away is definitely not a fixture. I want to be having a defender in particularly Palace at home. Maybe. Okay. Maybe that's okay. Given the way Palace are full of injuries. Luton away. I don't really want that. Luton at home are a very good side at the moment. They are definitely better than we thought they would. And then Fulham at home. Fulham have scored 16 yeah. goals in the past four weeks. Like, yeah. that's it's just like, you can write a narrative both ways. And if Chelsea keep two clean sheets in the next five, 
I think you'll have done well if you are buying into them. Yeah, it's I, a good I don't, point. I don't think you point. can expect mm. more than two out of five. And with that bit being the sort of thought process, I just think we just don't, I just think you just go elsewhere. I think you just go elsewhere now. Yeah, I mean, Luton at home just scored against the mighty Man City as well, mm. you know, so. Sheffield United have, it's again, looked much better. Wolves, I just, yeah. I think the fit, this is yeah. one of the examples where you need to look at more than just the colours on the fixture ticker because there's some of those games. Like going away to Wolves and Luton, the way we're playing yeah. is uh, is enough. Cole Palmer yeah. is enough Chelsea investment point. for me. Yeah. I don't think you need to add more, Harry. I think yeah. you make a very solid point. I, I guess it's not worth, it's a gamble, right? I think it's definitely worth the gamble because you have a longevity of fixtures in order for, yeah. you know, your, you know, last year Pross always mentioned like he's trying to throw a bunch of darts instead of just one, right? And mm. you have basically five fixtures where you're trying to get that clean sheet or at least two plus clean sheets. Uh, but looking at the fixtures, it's not as straightforward as it seems. Even Crystal Palace, I don't think is an easy fixture, you know? No. So just a footballing question for you. Do you think uh, Poch under any risk of... Do I want him to be under any risk or do I think uh -huh. the way that Chelsea run the football club that he's under risk is two different things? Um, uh-huh. I, I don't think we'll sack him. I don't. I actually yeah, don't. Apparently, don't he's been so having too. meetings recently and even since the loss at the weekend about January transfer plans, um, which seems mm -hmm. strange for him to do if they do think that he's at risk. I don't look at there's any manager in the market that will do a better job necessarily than than he's done at times. Maybe there is someone, but I just don't think it's, it's worth it, right? It's a young squad that still needs time together, giving him, you know four months maximum with them with some of his key players being out injured for that whole time i i hope we don't and i don't think we will it's not looking yeah. great for us at the moment but i still think there's a great manager in there that can get the most out of this and kunku at some point will be back it seems to be being pushed back and pushed back but at some point he'll be pushed back which will be bad for jackson because i think he'll go in straight up front i think yeah. jackson hasn't showed what he's needed to to get that position locked down. So I think Jackson will come in and then it's just like having Reese James and Chilwell out, it's just not helped us either. So I think he'll stay. But, it, you know, if we go through the next five and we win two of them maximum, then maybe we think again. But right now I think he's okay. What's the issue here? Like you guys have bought so many players. I mean, the mm. squad looks great on paper. Yeah. You know, is it just a... Like they need more time for chemistry. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I find it a difficult one to judge. Mm. I don't think there's one thing I can put my finger on that we're missing. We look like we look great going forward, but not for any particular pattern of play. It's not like, mm. you know, we're, we're great because we, you know, we use our fullbacks and we cut it in. It's not like great because we're direct through the middle through a target man. We're just like create enough volume of chances most of the time that we score enough goals, but we don't have like, a real pattern of play at the moment, which is the concern yeah. amongst amongst Chelsea fans. But we scored four against Man City, right? So there's still yeah, exactly, yeah. still attacking play in there. But yeah, yeah. cool. So mm. it feels like defensively, Arsenal is still a hold. Spurs, despite being defensively, is is great. I suppose the question is is um, what? How do you feel on on Udogi? A lot of people might not be able to get up to Pedro Porro, especially after another price rise. Udogi is on four yellows, which is a concern, right? But do you think okay. do you think we overlooked him? 
over the past few weeks? Do you yeah. think everyone's just looked at Poro and forgotten how good Udogi was at the start of the season? I think that I don't want to sugarcoat it. I think Poro is the just by far a better option. Mm-hmm. And I think Udogi is not a bad option, but here's the thing, right? You saw in that defensive quarter chart and then the the chart uh, the data you have up here that Tottenham are not going to be keeping a lot of clean sheets. It's just the it's just the reality of the situation, right? Mm-hmm. And so the bet with Poro is that he's a, basically a freaking attacking midfielder at this point in time. And yeah. sometimes like sort of like that he dominates the right side of of Tottenham which is needed in order to like create space for Son on the left, right? And so Poro is just going to get way more involved in these attacking returns whereas on a heat map or if you look at eye test Udogi's making these runs, it looks great. Um and yes if you have a, you know, person that's passing as good as Son is to him, yeah, he might get on the end of chances here and there, but over the course of let's say 10 game weeks, I just feel like hmm. Poro is going to ha- just have way more routes to points. I mean, he's on the corners, he's on some set pieces, he might be on free kicks, who knows, while Madison is out. So, uh, the, so I just don't want to sugarcoat it. Yeah, no, I agree. But my only thought is like, when is when are we, do we have any sort of date on Madison? I don't know why I thought no. January, uh, February plus most likely. Uh, oh, it's January plus for sure. Could be all the way up to February. Okay, fine. Because, Long you know, time. if it was three weeks, then maybe you'd think, well, Poro's only good short term, but that gives you at least five weeks, probably six or seven weeks of, of Poro. So then, yeah, fine. That makes yeah. sense. Um, cool. Yeah, Poro looks great. His positioning is... like Anyone who didn't watch the game at the weekend against Newcastle, yeah. please go and watch the highlights. At 5.4 yeah. million now, his positioning... Crazy. Plus his delivery on set pieces is so good. And you can tell, like his assist for Richarlison, he goes and Ange loves it. Ange is all over how good he's been recently. So Mm -hmm. it just feels like a a kind of set and forget for me for a little bit. The fixtures are pretty decent all the way up until about game week 32. And then Spurs have a horrible, horrible end to the season. And But between now and then, you can play him in pretty much every game. Every game, every game. Yeah, yeah, I I think he's a great option. He's probably my number one defender to to buy at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I agree. Cool. The final defenders defined defender just to cover is Trent. I feel but like we before we go there, um, Harry. I I just want to explain what we the the couple pictures I have oh, up yeah. here. If you don't oh, mind, just one. Yeah. Um. So. Do you have all three pictures or just the, just, just this just one? one? Okay. Can you get the other two, if you don't mind? I just want to explain why I think Poro uh, could be, you know, uh, can I not send it to you? Not with my, you did, but not with my camera broken. I oh, right. Okay. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. We'll, we'll explain it. So, so, okay. So let's talk about the Spurs game a little bit because Ainge put Son on the left and he said he was trying to make him the focal point. And, and by the way, Son is... 29th in all-time Premier League assists, like all-time. So he's also a chance creator. Last season, he had more key passes than than Kane himself. So he's like the ultimate winger that you can think of. Son had 63 key passes. Kane had 57, right? Mm-hmm. And just to, just to get it out there, guys, he is now the seventh player in Premier League history to have scored 10-plus goals in eight seasons plus. Wayne Rooney with 10-plus goals wow. in 11 seasons in a row. 
Frank Lampard, 10 seasons in a row. Aguero, nine seasons in a row. Kane, nine seasons in a row. Of course, Kane could have broken the record if he stayed longer. And now 10 plus is Son, Thierry Henry, and Sadio Mane. Like some elite, elite names up there, right? So, um, so it's amazing to see. But Poro is the ideal, like high volume, high quality quality type of player and he's playing a very very important role right now i'm going on a tangent here but if you look at this photo this is like the very first goal that uh udogi scored and you can see that poro has the ball on the right he passes to udogi creating space for sun on the left you see how sun is like kind of isolated there's a lot of moments throughout this game mm. where sun had a lot of space one-on-one -on -one chances but that does not happen if the right side of Spurs isn't operating well. Like yeah. you need to have a threat on the right in order for the like Newcastle plays such a tight box in the middle of the box that if you want to shift their defense and their midfield to the right side, you need a guy like Poro doing damage over there. And yeah. then the ability to switch the ball, whether it be through Odogi or that long ball, that second goal to uh I can't remember who scored it, but that second goal, it was a crossover trippier to to Rich. Sun, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the same thing with the Richarlison goal on the other side, uh, he did it. Yeah. And even if you look at if you look at the highlights and look at Son's penalty, do you know who started that goal? Was Poro? Like I was, I have yeah, to say, I was, was so glad that yeah. Son got fouled because then the assist didn't go to to Poro. Um, yeah. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, that even that sequence was Poro was like in Madison's position, you know. Yeah. So it's just, he is very essential to this attacking system. Yeah. Hence, you're getting a defender, but you're also just adding another midfielder to your, if you if you're talking about FPL in general. Yeah. So I think Poro is just uh, just an amazing, amazing pick. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to say, I've been a bit critical of Ange since the Chelsea game where he's played a high line. I feel like he hasn't adapted his team well enough, but I feel like he's found it now. Richarlison coming back looks, looks a different player compared to how he was before he had his surgery. And Kulisevsky playing central has changed that Spurs team. He's been great. He looks mm -hmm. so, so good in that position. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when Madison comes back, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays like Madison and Kulu central and Basuma behind them or something like that. But anyway, the question for me is... So Poro looks great. Udogi is fine if you can't afford him. He is on four yellows, though, so be careful. As uh, Sokhan says in the chat, is Richarlison going to stay in this team? And is he going to stay in at striker at 6.6 .6 million? He just looks so much better than when before he had his surgery. Do we need yeah. to consider that? I will get to the final topic, which is a game week 18 free hit. And if I was free hitting yeah. in game week 18, Richarlison would be in it, no doubt about that. Um, yeah, fair. Son on the left was so poor in previous seasons and at the start of the season. Mm. And then we went up front and now he's back on the left, but he did rotate a little bit with Richarlison. Son's mm. still great, but at 6.6 .6 million, is Richarlison a big differential? Do you think he'll stay there? So there's a, there's a fun fact here is, I think I read a quote about Ainge coming out or it was a press con post game conference where he was talking about how brilliant Richarlison was this game, but he kind of hinted that Richarlison was having a niggling injury at the start of the season. Yeah, he did. That's I why think, he had right? surgery, so, and then he missed like three weeks. Okay, so that's that's why. But yeah. I think he was 
he might maybe I misread it. Maybe he was carrying it before that injury. Who knows? But yeah, he's he back from injury. Had it, he had it mm -hmm. from like the end of last season, tried to get through okay. it, and then into the start of the season, he still wasn't there. So after the Chelsea game, he randomly mm -hmm. posted a picture of himself in hospital, and everyone was like, What's mm -hmm. going? What's going on? And he had his operation. And then Okay, fair. And now he's back. Okay, fair. So good clarification. I think he's a good option, but why, like, unless the price point is drastically different, I, th I just feel like, why would you not go for Kulu if you want to get Richarlison in your team? Is there a reason why? Well, I mean, Richarlison's cheaper and he's playing up front. Yeah, but Kulu's not, not, he's not playing wide right now. He's playing like a shadow striker type of role, you know? Yeah, but like, I mean, still the like price is not, you know? I mean, Kulusevsky has two returns in his last five games. Richarlison has come in. Yes, it's against a you know a tired you know team, but he's come in. He's put up 0.7 xg, pure mm -hmm. xg in that game. He scored twice. And if he's going to be playing like central like that, he's surely a better option than Kulu. Are you? Is it? If you think they both play every game, do you still think Kulu's a better option or are you worried about Richarlison's minutes? Uh, I think Kulu's going to play more minutes okay. if, if it's just a minutes-to-minutes -minutes comparison. I think Richarlison is going to be coming back into the team a little bit slowlier. Mm. I mean, Kulu's also like, there's issues there too, right? Like he takes one touch too many, like, yeah, you know, like there's annoying things that I see, but... Maybe it's just the sun bias in me, but I think Kulu's the better option right now, like face to face right now. Like, you know, I can't list out the reasons, but I, I just feel like Kulu's a safer pick uh, to go for. But I, I do get it. I do get why you want him just because he, Richarlison's playing number nine. You could also see Sun go back into number nine, Richarlison play left. Now Ainge has that mm -hmm. option as well. So, yeah. The yeah. There is a concern that they did it to target Trippier, which worked an absolute dream, right? The the second goal where Son cut it back for Richarlison, Son puts Trippier mm -hmm. on an absolute plate. He mm -hmm. turns him inside out. And part of the plan might have been to target Trippier, who didn't look great midweek either. Yeah, um, yeah. However, if I was buying one of them, I think I'd buy Richarlison now. I'd take the chance that he stays there. Um, I don't know. I just look at it and I, I'm i like, I think I'd buy Richarlison or I wouldn't bother. I don't think I'd buy yeah. Kulisevsky. Um, yeah. There is a chance on Richarlison that it that it sticks. And he, he did look so good. And he changed yeah, the game. I don't mind it. I when don't he mind came it. on, I know they lost to West Ham midweek, but he looked pretty decent yeah. in the, when he came on in that one as well. So... I don't hate it. It's a big differential, but I quite like it. Yeah, I, it's fair. It's fair. I, I I need I need to think about it more, but I could see the argument to mm. to going with Charleston over Kulu. And I think you just made a very good point. Uh, we should move on, but about like maybe they're trying to target Trippier because think about Trippier. Like he's an okay defender, but amazing like attacking wing back, right? And if you put like there are levels to this game, guys. And if you put one of the best wingers in the world on the left against Trippier, you're going to have to take care of Sun or else he's going to run laps around you, right? Yeah. So I think it was a sort of tactical decision there as well to nullify Trippier this game. I think, I think that's the best performance I've seen Son in like years.
He was so mm. good. At the, he was so good on Sunday. Mm. He scored big mm. goals so far this season. He's got bigger FPL returns, but yeah, he looks so good. Yeah. Anyway. So dangerous. Best player on yeah. the pitch, for sure. Yeah. Mm. The final thing. Now, because of the injuries to Mbumo and to uh, Haaland as well, the free hit in game week 18 looks much less likely, right? Because a lot of us don't have Mbumo anymore. A lot. Some people will be selling Haaland, which means the amount of players that we've got blanking are much less. But I have put mm. together a team that I would be playing as a free hit or something like it next week, just so that you can ha- start to have a think about, okay, those people who are playing the free hit, how different is my team going to be going into next week? Just to have a little food for thought. So nice. way, way, way I've gone with, so I've gone with Leno in goal. Looks like a really nice option at home to Burnley. I've gone with Turner in goal as the backup. And for anyone who has Turner, I expect him to keep his place. Um back in that Nottingham Forest team. In defence, I've gone Pedro Porro, I've gone Kieran Trippier, and at the moment I've gone with Luca Dean. It will just depend on which of the Villa defenders I think is going to start. If I think Alex Moreno is going to start, I'd go there. If not, I'd go Dean, but I want a Villa defender at home to Sheffield United. In midfield, I have gone with the Son Richarlison double up. Just at home to Everton, I don't see loads of other midfielders. Like You could go Saka, but like Arsenal-Liverpool... I just would rather go with someone like Richarlison that I think is more explosive if I'm playing my free hit. Of course, I'd rather mm. Sakri in my team long term. But yeah, Salah is in there. And then my final midfield at the moment is Diaby because Leon Bailey did go off injured. If Bailey is back, then I probably wouldn't pick either of them. But at the moment, he's in there just based off the injury. Then up front is Watkins, Solanke and then a Newcastle forward, I think. But with Wilson yeah. and Isaac back, that's still a risk. You still don't know which yeah. of them it's going to be. And I look at it now and I look at most of the teams that people have and I don't think it's worth it. I definitely don't think it's worth it anymore. Yeah. Like most of us will have Poro, Trippier and another third decent defender. Most of us have Salah, Son, like adding Saka in over Diaby or Charleston's fine. Most of us will have Watkins. Like we're already at, you know, seven or eight of this free hit team. So yeah. this is what it would look like for people playing a free hit in, in 18. I just don't think it's nearly worth it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, obviously there's a little, you know, it's good exercise that you've you've done here and there's little changes you can do. You can go super differential here and like add a guy like DCL maybe if he's not injured, you know, things the fun the stuff like that, but can you just maybe once again list out like who we will already have and what you will yeah. be going against? Mm-hmm. Because so, the idea here of a free hit is that you want to have the potential to get I believe maybe 20 you know, 15, plus. 20 yeah. plus. Yeah, exactly. So is yeah. there that potential is the Not question. Really. So most of us will have Poro and Trippier. Most of us will have mm-hmm. an okay goalkeeper that week. So like Leno, Dubravka, like they will have okay fixtures. So I don't see Leno as a, a big upgrade there. Luca Dean is maybe a, a, you know, a Villa defender is maybe a, a differential. Son and Salah, everyone has. You're going Diaby and Richarlison over like Saka Palmer, Gordon, for example, you're you're not that much better off there anyway. You're going for differentials, mm. but they're not massively better options. Then everyone has Watkins. And maybe you've got like a Wilson or a Solanke instead of me playing my archer, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I gain 20 points. I don't think yeah. you gain 20 points. Unless you have several injuries, you've still held on to players who are not going to play. But yeah, Willian is an interesting one. I mean, apparently got... And injured. So he went off injured the weekend. So just keep an eye on that if you own Willian. But 
it's a strong team, but I don't think it's worth free hitting anymore. If you don't have, if you have, you know, no Mbumo, if you have Haaland, like it's just not worth it. I'd rather just play like Archer for a week, save the free hit. Yeah, fair. Yeah, and we have a massive point coming up in uh, 29, 29 right? yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. So that is all the topics. To go back to where we started for our teams for next week. So I've already made my transfer or a transfer. Cash has left and Pedro Porro has come in. I might sell Haaland for a hit if we know that he's going to be out for a while. But if, he, if we think Haaland's going to be out and be back for game week 19... I'll probably just bench him and play a back four and play a four-five-one this week with Salah captain and Son vice captain. How about you? Yeah, again, very you know, fairly similar teams. Um, we got here in different routes. I would like to mention that again. By the way, guys, please do hit the like button and subscribe to FF Scout. This is my advertisement voice for the podcast listeners as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we greatly appreciate your support. I mean, constantly, I, every episode, there's 500, 600 plus live, which is, you know, quite unbelievable. So very, very grateful for you guys tuning in. Um, I, I've been really enjoying potting with you, Harry, by the way. Mm. Um, it's been fun. So yeah. not sure why I said that, but it's been fun. <laughs> it <has>. Going <laughs> back to my team, <laughs> I've got, uh, let's see, uh, Dubrovka, Livermento, Gabriel, Saliba, midfield, Gordon, Saka, Palmer. What a fraud, Palmer. Son and Salah. Up top, I've got Darwin, the ultimate fraud, and Holland. And then on the bench, I've got Archer, Gehi, and Taylor. So, uh, yeah, let's say Holland stays in the team. Then it'll be a simple Darwin to Watkins for me. And then a minus four potentially for Poro. Yeah. Let's say Holland... I decided to sell him. I don't know what the factors, exact factors are that would lead to that. Truthfully speaking, I just don't know exactly what what will lead to that decision making because yeah. we're not going to get a clear answer. That's that's just the truth, right? So if I do end up selling him, it makes it a little bit more fun. I'll probably do Holland to Solanke, take that Poro hit, and then next week I could go Darwin to Watkins. Can and then... Uh, mm -hmm. so can you afford Darwin to Watkins and Gehi to Poro have you got enough in the bank for that oh, let me do that right now because I suppose just that, this game week yeah because that would be a minus four but it would give you decent you know cover for Haaland are you yeah it sounds like you, a few people asking in the chat very much looking at look, selling um, selling Darwin Selling Darwin, just while you're checking that. Um, I'm I'm not sure Malaga. Oh man, I'm I'm on the money, Harry. I'm on the money. Zero point zero. After even after the okay. I mean, Poro rose, so, so Poro I can do went. it. I can do it, but I would have to do it quick, you know, before yeah. any price changes. Okay. I don't expect Malagusto to come in. Um, I don't, I'm not sure he's back from injury yet. He's still recovering. So if he comes back, then he's a good option. But I'm not sure he will. Um, yeah. And then. London is blue. Thank yeah, you so very much for the for the yeah. super chat. He says he's done Pope yeah. to Bravka, Gehi to Poro, and Haaland to Solanke as a minus eight. Was it too much? I mean, whether it was too much or not will come down to whether Haaland is available or not, right? If Haaland's out, Pope needed to go. Poro is definitely better than Gehi, and then you get Solanke. I don't hate it if Haaland's out, but if Haaland ends up being okay, then maybe it's then maybe it's too much. 
Yeah, I mean, you have to look at it in isolation, right? You have to look at Holland to Solanke as a dip, as a minus four, not as yeah. a minus eight. And you have three great fixtures for you to make up the minus four and, and profit off it because mm -hmm. you definitely want to get more points than just covering the minus four because yeah. you're essentially two transfers yeah. in and out, out and in. So that's the way I would look at it. Gay to Poro for minus four, I think it's solid. Um, that's what I'm looking at too. So not too bad. I mean... But I think a little too early on the Holland to Solanke move uh, for London is blue. Watkins is predicted to rise in uh, price tonight, Andy. So uh... yeah, so I so I I'm kind of screwed. Like I, yeah, tough position. You know, mm -hmm. that's why you want value is very important. And again, just to clarify once again what I'm thinking, um, just to be clear, is if I keep Holland, it'll be Dharma to Watkins. So I probably have to do it now if I want to afford Gay mm -hmm. to Poro. If not, it's okay. I'll just do. Arsenal defender to Poro and play Livermento this this week. I'm okay with that, right? Yeah. Cool. But if I do sell Holland, yeah, I'll go Solanke and then bring Watkins next game week. Perfect. I think that's everything. We've been live, what time is it? For just over an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. So we'll probably wrap up the stream now. I think on Haaland, if you, if you haven't sold him already, just wait for the end of the week because even then I still don't think it's a definite sell if he's ruled out for Palace if he's going to be back in game week 19 um, Poro looks great Spurs look great and that's basically what we've spoken about for and Chelsea look awful uh, that's basically what yeah. we've spoken about for the past hour and 15 minutes um, but yeah. yeah thank you all so much for tuning in uh, if you could just make sure you've liked before you go subscribe if you are new around here as well and uh, yeah we'll be back again next week to pick apart actually actually yeah next next week but harry harry i think we should touch on this darwin thing real quick before he ended yeah if you don't mind because there are a lot of hot darwin owners right and yeah i i am i'm okay holding darwin for this united game i feel like yeah. this united game is is a very very solid fixture to attack and if anything these top like historical clubs tend to like have that more energy against each other so it could be like a, it could be a battering, you know, and yeah, United, just all three goals, like they just don't have concentration. Like there's no communication, you know, they're not just, they're not running hard. Rashford is not there. You know, it's like Amrabat was making ridiculous runs. They have freaking Maguire and Luke Shaw as the center back partnership, which is why they got caught on that third goal with Billing coming from behind. It's an opportunity. I, I think it's a, Perfectly fine hold if you go for Darwin's this game week. Okay. I say that with caution. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm still not sold on him, but one day he'll finish his chances and he'll get a big haul. So that day I'll I'll live to eat my words. But until then, I'm happy I didn't make that decision. Cool. It's, yeah, just rubbing it in. <laughs> we'll be back next week to have a look at what happened in game week 17, whether Haaland featured or not. We'll be talking about the blank in game week 18 as well. Um, yeah, United are there for take the taking if only Chelsea could have done that last week. Um, cool. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Andy. And yeah, we'll see you all again next week. See you guys.